Well, good morning, everyone. Hey, how are you doing this morning? You doing all right? How many of you are freezing cold this morning right now? Yeah. All right. Well, don't worry. I, I already changed it. Dial in. Let's just get that weird awkwardness. Some of you are sawing like winter jackets already. It's only September, all right? Issue was first service. Honestly, I was sweating before I even got into my message. And so we cranked that sucker down and... Kind of left it a little bit too down, all right? So we're getting it comfortable for you as we speak. But welcome to part two of our series, Made for More. I want you to do me a favor. Just turn to your favorite person around you and tell them they were made for more. Now, someone got left out. You need to turn to that person now and tell them they're still made for more. All right, last week, uh, just to recap last week, we talked about how important it is in our lives to understand that we were, we were made to make a difference. And the biggest impact that you can have is to become a change maker. It's what we call um, our make a difference team here at the church is be a change maker. Is go make a difference for eternity. That's the biggest thing you can do in your life. But this week, you can't do last week unless you do this week. And we'll unpack that in a moment. But I want to unpack for you first the, the theme verse for this entire series made for, made for More is found in Proverbs chapter 29. It reads this way. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. In other words, it's just chaos. There's no clear path in my life. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just going cray cray, as the teens call it. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know on what on earth am I here for. But when they attend to what God reveals to them, they are most what, friends? This word blessed means full fulfillment. That when you realize that what you were created to do, when you are living out the vision and purpose that God has for you, you will find immense joy and fulfillment deep down inside your heart. And how do we do this? Well, we, I unpacked kind of four steps last week of as we journey in our spiritual faith, whether we're just kicking the tires and this morning we're not even a professing Christian and you're wondering, I don't even know why I'm at this church in this moment right now. Or whether you've been following Jesus for a very long time, there's four steps that we want to take everyone on. But before we get to those steps, there's some of us that are just living a very status quo life. And Jesus paid a high price on the cross for you. Wouldn't you want to get the whole life that Jesus died and paid for? I, I, want, I want everything God has for my life. I want it for your life as well. And that we would stop living the status quo. And I think it's the number one thing the enemy wants to do in Christians in America today is keep us busy and distracted from living the life that God has called us to live. And I think he's doing a pretty good job right now. And I want to pray against that in your life that you come and experience everything that God has for you. And we do this on four, four little steps, four spiritual journey steps. The first one is experience Jesus. This is what we do every Sunday morning for you all, is that we try to create our services special where you can come for the church that the church people love to attend and the unchurched who are far from God love to attend as well. And that we want to be a place here at Radiant Life where we say, welcome home, you belong here. Because that's what Jesus did to all the sinners. Those that were ostracized and on the outside of society, they loved him. Wow, wouldn't it be awesome to be the church that says, hey, we love you. 
no matter what. We want you to experience Jesus so he can get into you and then begin so you can find freedom. We're going to allow God to dig things out of you that don't look like Jesus yet. And here's where the trippy part kind of comes in for our own life. Is that sometimes we like to be the Holy Spirit in people's life, don't we? Hey, you can't come yet to church till you get that act cleaned up, till you find freedom there. Oh, no. We're going to speak truth into people with love and with grace, but we're going to let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit has to do to that individual. One of the pastors that I absolutely love, um, he, was in a, he was on an airplane, and uh, he was sitting next to a woman, and the woman had a drink in her hand. And one of the things that he loves, he's like me, he does not tell anyone that he's a pastor. Uh, just, you'll understand if you ever become a pastor, just don't tell people you're a pastor, okay? Because they, all of a sudden, what they were, they were swearing in front of you, now they're like, oh, heavenly, I'm so sorry I said those words. It's like, yeah, that's fine. And then they're going to tell me that they promised me that they go to church somewhere, you know? And I'm like, I didn't even ask for this information. Just be you in front of me, okay? And so he, he, the, the, he had a conversation. Eventually, she got it out of him that he's a pastor, and, and she was not a believer. And she, she took her drink and goes, well, what do you think your God thinks about this drink? And he says, I don't think my God cares about this drink. I think he cares about your heart more than this drink. And when he has your heart, he'll talk to you about that drink. No, that was good. I'm stealing that from now on, right? Not that that's wrong, but if, if this thing consumes me and this is what I go to for relief instead of God, then this becomes an idol in my life. And so we gotta find freedom. We gotta find freedom from some, some things. You know, the hangups, the worries about yesterday has gotta get cleaned up. And God paid a high price for you to walk in freedom. We looked at it last week, John 10, 10. John 10, 10, right? The, for the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the enemy of your soul wants to do to you. But Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. And Jesus wants to break the chains of yesterday off of your life. Break the shame and the secrets so you could start walking in freedom in Jesus' name. And whoo, I'm getting preachy this morning, friends. And I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. All right, here we go. One of the ways we do this is you saw Pastor Josh in our announcements is that we've created life groups so you can do community together because you can't do life alone. The enemy wants you to go over here, just be singled out and try to do life. Try it. But you're created in the image of God. You can't get the image of God out of you. You were created for community. And that's why we have life groups where some of us, you can find freedom there. That when you're walking around with three other believers and you're beginning to share your heart and your hangups of what's going on, and all of a sudden they got your back and they're praying for you, it's incredible. And this is some of the groups that we have. The signups are out there and it was awesome. Some of them are feeling like we almost have to take the sheet, the clipboard down. It's all divided into time of the day. We have groups meeting Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday nights, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. The only time we don't have life groups meeting are Fridays and Saturdays. They're going all the time. That's so awesome. And so some of those, they'll tell you how long the study is. So I'm not getting only, oh, good, only six weeks, all right? You can probably do six weeks or others. Hey, it's a little more in-depth. This one's 12 weeks long or whatever. You can see that and understand if it works with your schedule or not. We have that for you out there. 
And here's some of the studies. We have a study um, that's all, all on prayer. And if I'm honest, the more believers I talk to, there's something, I don't know what it is, that we think prayer is boring. Prayer is not an event, it's a lifestyle. It is a constant communication with your heavenly father. Just because you say amen doesn't mean I'm not talking to him anymore. I don't know if you ever noticed, JB does not say amen. Have you ever noticed our worship leader does not say amen? Now you will, because I pointed it out to you. <laughs> it's just a lifestyle. It's a constant conversation, right? Some of you speak to God all the time. You're like, oh my God. I mean, I'm sorry, God, I didn't mean to say that, right? That's your prayer life, <laughs> all right? That's for someone. I did not say that for service, all right? So... It's life groups. We have groups, if you're new to, our, new to your faith, we have an alpha course that helps you with the fundamentals of your faith. We have men's group. We have women's group. We have couples group. I would tell you, if you've got difficult people in your life, <laughs> don't elbow your neighbor. Don't do that. You've got difficult people in your life. There's a, a everyone always or everybody always. There's a study out there of how do you love difficult people? Whoo! you read that book, oh man, you're gonna love it and hate it at the same time because God's gonna teach you something and I promise you this, God's gonna put people that are difficult in your life and be like, okay, live it out now. Now, I don't, don't wanna scare you from that study, but I think all of us should go to that study, okay? We should go. We have a study called Not a Fan. This book wrecked me when I read it. It really assesses you, where, where's your, if you're a follower of Jesus, where's your walk with him? Are you a fan of Jesus or are you really following Jesus? Whew. Men's group, women's group, couples groups, uh, just all sorts of great things. Go check it out because they're filling quick. Here's another cool thing. My last thing I'm gonna talk about life groups is all of our life group leaders right now are at a retreat to prep themselves to minister to you. They're doing their own church right now. Uh, they're got the three and a half hour retreat thing that they're doing just to minister and get prepped for this season. That all launches the first week of October for you guys. Hey, and guess what? That women's, we, we, it's not on, on the sign up, but we do that Radiant Fitness women's thing, the little Zumba do-do-do-do thing, you know? <laughs> um, that, that's got 70, 80 women in that thing. Some of you ladies, you're the reason, that, you're the reason why that, that group existed and that's why you're here this morning. It's because of that group. There's not a sign up. You can just go to that thing and work your tail off or whatever they do over there, okay? That's Monday nights. I think it starts this coming Monday, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know because I don't go. I'm not a woman, all right? So my, my wife leads it, but there you go. We got, we got to find freedom. Here's the next thing. I got to move along. Discover purpose. And this is where we're going to land the plane today is this step of discovering what, what on earth am I here for? Why, why am I here? And then eventually when you discover purpose, that change maker that we talked last week to make a difference. And I need to say something real quick. It takes 120 plus people, 120 plus chain makers every single Sunday to do what we do here on a Sunday morning. 120 plus. It's not just the Radiant Life staff. It's all of you making a difference. And this is why we really, really, really want you to come out if you are what well, we call our volunteers change makers to a change maker celebration Tuesday, October 8th. It's gonna be food and fun. 
We just want to come and value you and lift you up. And I just got a quick vision thing I'm going to cast to you. And that's it. And here's the beauty. Just come. Because you don't have to serve finally. All of us Radiant staff are going to serve you. We're going to serve you. Because you make a difference. Especially those kids, our Radiant kids in the back, and all those workers that work with our kids. Man, I hope when we dismiss, and if you've got kids in the back, you go give them the biggest high five. Say, thanks for working with my kid, because I can't myself, all right? Thanks for working. And I always told, because I started out in ministry as a kid's pastor. I love kids. God bless them. Ship them out. The beauty of kids pastoring is, I'll love you for an hour. Now you got to go back to mom and dad, all right? And so ministering to them, I always told my people, you know what? There's power to being a nursery change maker. Because you can sit there and hold a baby, and that baby may be crying the entire service, but imagine this baby's mom and dad getting saved in the service because they just had an hour away from that child. Some of you, I just got Amy, I just got a bunch of more change maker volunteers for you and the kids back there. You can make a difference. Make a difference. Here's what's crazy about your purpose is the Barna Research Group, which is the biggest, largest research group in, in, in our faith, in our Christian faith, says this, that 87% of followers of Jesus do not know their purpose. 87% of Jesus' followers say, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why on earth am I here. Now imagine this, that the scriptures tell us that the, the church is called the body of Christ. And we all function, we all have our parts. Imagine if your body, 87% of your body had no idea what it was to do. You'd be in big trouble, right? I am thankful I don't have to think about breathing. My lungs just do that. That's just amazing to me. I don't even have to think, I just breathe. But imagine if 87% of your body had no idea what its purpose. Your stomach thought it was its leg, right? Your foot, think I'm a liver. That's weird. But the body of Christ is functioning in America today that way. Imagine the impact that we can have if every follower of Jesus knew exactly their purpose in life. Whoo! I mean, 13% of us are actually getting full fulfillment because you know what you're doing in life. Here's what Romans 12:1 says. Paul um, says this: Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you, what, friends? Think, and that's the problem. We want to change, we want to find purpose, but the issue is we keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting change. You know what that dictionary calls that? Oh, you guys are smart. Insanity. No wonder why that we can't find God's will and purpose in our life because We've not allowed him to change the way we think. But when God does that, then you will learn to know God's will, God's purpose in your life for you. By the way, God's will for you, it's good, it's pleasing, and perfect. Man, who wouldn't want to live into that? And that's why 
One of the reasons I've been just diving into, I love science and I love like, especially neuroscience. I think it's fascinating. I've been diving into so much of this neuroscience stuff for our October series that we launch in three weeks from now, all based on this, this verse, is we're launching Mind Monsters. So many of us are just dealing with just depression and anxiety and worry and things that get in and there's so much neuro. I'm so excited what God's gonna do in this series, in your life and in my life. I'm learning so much. And I hope in week three, just give you a little teaser, that you'll hear people's stories on stage, people that attend this church that may be sitting to, next to you right now, that you're gonna hear their story of depression and hear their story of high anxiety and hear stories of, of people that are still in it and people uh, um, who are on the other side of that. And hopefully, I'm gonna have some professionals with us on stage as well as we dive into what goes on and how, 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 how can we have it? Remember what I said, it's okay not to be okay. We just don't want you to stay there. And that's the so key is to finding a life group also and finding best friends in your life at a church that will say, hey, I'm a phone call away if you ever need me. So real quick, here are three things, three enemies of your purpose that sneak up to you if you're a note taker. And this is for you even if you don't take notes, all right? Number one is confusion. Some of us are just so confused because we didn't even know we had a spiritual gift. And when you follow Jesus, that you have this supernatural, you have the presence of God, the Holy Spirit in on your life, you have, you are gifted a gift. Whatever that is, hospitality, teaching, evangelism, sharing, this is just tons of things that you were just, you were gifted. There's confusion because we didn't even know I had a gift. And that's an enemy of your purpose. And here's the second one. We are so good at the comparison game. Many of us, you want someone else's life. You want their car, their job, their wife, their husband, their hair. <laughs> you want their vacation. You want their Instagram social media posts. You'll never be satisfied as long as you're going around looking at everyone else's story and their calling and their purpose when you have your own. I want what they want. No, 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 God's got something special for you. And here's the last enemy. The last enemy of your purpose is counterfeit. Here's what would be my counterfeit. You don't need a career, you need a calling. When those two intersect, it's amazing. But some of us, it's a counterfeit because we're chasing a career that isn't even God's calling on my life. You or some of you, you have a calling on your life to be a teacher. Go teach. Go change the next generation. That's your intersection of your career and calling. Some of you, you're just meant to be a business owner. Man, that's the way God hardwired you. That's your calling. Allow your calling and career to intersect. But some of us, we're doing jobs that we don't even like. And there's no satisfaction because you're chasing a career and not a calling. And your calling will always trump your career. But when the two collide, woo, you better watch out. You will change the world. And this is why we created one of the things that we run every other month for you is next steps. 
So you could say, forget you enemies of my purpose. I wanna discover why I'm here. And we create this four week experience for you, which you can sign up now on the bottom of your handout, the connection card, circle end, and, and you can get signed up where one week is all about, you're gonna take a personality test. I mean, how awesome. Some of you are like, I've never even taken a test. Now don't think, you don't have to, but it's there for you. It's a spiritual gifting test for you to take. 87% don't know their purpose. What would it look like if we get everyone through next steps and people are saying, wow, I didn't realize I was shaped and created for this. And I want to tell you something. We were running this all October during the second service. We had 15 people sign up last week. You may get a little bit of more. We may have two services of this. But God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. The way God has shaped you, molded you, had his fingerprint on your life will reveal what your purpose is for. And one of our heartbeats and passion here at Radiant Life is for every single individual to walk away, to live life, to say, I was made for this. Can I tell you, I wake up every single Sunday morning saying that. It's crazy. I get out of bed at 5.30 on a Sunday morning like, woo, Sunday morning. And that's dumb, because I ought to be sleeping. But 5.30 in the morning, before coffee, before the shower, I love Sunday morning, because I know what God's calling in is on my life and what I'm called to do. And I know this, and I'll share it. I know I'm called to bring God's word in a relevant, passionate way to people. I know it through and through. And I struggled for years trying to figure out what it was. But when it collides, you wake up every morning and say, yeah, I was made for this. If we want everyone. So I want, you, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I was made for this. So lastly, you may be disappointed in life because you're just pursuing the wrong things. And that's why you can't say this yet. Last thing, I'm going to talk three things real quick of how do we do it. How do we discover that purpose? What are ways that God kind of reveals things to us so we can discover the purpose? Three things real quick. Number one is this. You have a call from birth. You do. See, the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah, he was wrestling. He became a prophet, the mouthpiece for God to a bunch of people. But the problem with Jeremiah, he says, God, I'm too young for this. And here's God's conversation that he has with the prophet Jeremiah. He says this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Listen, God knew you before your mommy and daddy got together. He knew you. He had a purpose for you. Before you were born, Jeremiah, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. Alas, sovereign Lord, Jeremiah says, I don't know how to speak, I'm too young. See the excuse that's coming right now? And God says, oh, but the Lord. Everyone say, but the Lord. You have a but the Lord on your life. You may come up with every excuse to not do what you think you ought to be doing, but the Lord gets the final Lord. And but the Lord says to Jeremiah, don't say I'm too young. Nah. -uh. Remember, I knew you before you, were, before you were born. I already knew you. 
You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command. Do not be afraid for, uh, for I am with you. God is with you. The presence of God, the Holy Spirit is on your life. He's with you and will rescue you just in case, Jeremiah, you think you're gonna get in trouble. I'm there to pull you out, declares the Lord. You have a call from birth. And this is the one thing that we, we we're starting to little do at Radiant Life is when, when a birth happens that Amy and, um, goes and ministers to that family in the hospital. And one of my prayer is every time I know there's a birth is just pray that, that God, that this little child would know your purpose, why you even created it in the first place. And then the second prayer I pray for that little baby is that someday that they would find you, Jesus, and have salvation. And then the third thing is I pray for the, the parents, if they're in the room, or if I'm not there, that they would help their little brand new baby find purpose. You have a call from birth. And I don't care if your, your mom or dad told you, oops, you were that oopsie baby. Maybe your mom and dad weren't planning correctly, but God knew it. You're not an accident. God has purpose for you. Let's live into it. Here's the second thing. Second is this, is that you will be walking through open doors. There will be doors that open up to you that you've got to walk through and understand, that's my purpose. But it takes faith to walk through the door. I'm reminded of Esther in the Old Testament where Esther is a Jew and it's a, a pagan, it's a foreign empire and Esther is a Jew and they're going, the pagan empire is gonna maybe possibly like wipe out the Jews and have a, have a war with them. Esther, as a Jew, wins this beauty pageant. It's the first beauty pageant in the entire history. She wins the beauty pageant and gets to go into the king's court and have a position. And here's a conversation that's said to Esther. It says this in Esther 4. For if you remain silent, in other words, Esther, if you don't walk through the door, at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, Esther, but you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. That the reason why you won the beauty pageant was to have the king's ear and save an entire nation. That door open, walk through, and you understand your purpose. And then Esther responds, I will go to the king. She understands the door's open. That's purpose. Even though it's against the law. And if I perish, I perish. For me, I think doors are, I just love cool doors and when I first got into ministry, I, I jumped into ministry as a kids pastor, and uh, that was great for a season. <laughs> and uh, kids are wonderful. I love kids. I think, let me hear my heart on this. I think the most important ministry within the church is our next generation. I think it's our kids' ministry. It's the most important ministry in the church because we all have an expiration date here. It's those kids in the back that will take over the church in the new years. It's the most important ministry in my eyes, in my eyes. And um, I jumped in as a kid's pastor, and I loved it. And there was actually no kid's ministry at the church that I went to. And I started it up and having a good time and getting a lot of sleep, drinking a lot of Mountain Dew to get through the days. And um, four months into my ministry call at that church, my lead pastor at a staff meeting says, um, I've been diagnosed with cancer. 
And I remember my first response was like, man, it's, I'm four years, I'm brand new into this ministry, working full-time at the church, doing kids' ministry. What's gonna happen to my lead pastor? Four months in. And I remember he pulls me aside and he says, Ryan, I'm going to the U of M hospital. Um, it's incurable cancer. There's no cure. I'm, I will pass away from this cancer. But I go to U of M hospital because I'm going to get a bone marrow transplant. And when I get my bone marrow transplant, I'm gone for four months. And I need someone to speak on stage. I need someone to preach on Sunday, and I'm choosing you. And I was like, no, you ain't. <laughs> I'm working with kids in the back, right? I've spoke on stage one time at that point in my life. And he says, no, I believe it's you. That was an open door for me. I walked in, and when I started taking over the teaching role for that season at that church, I knew exactly what God was calling me to do now in life. He comes back four years, or after four months at U of M Hospital, he comes back. He's like, wow, you kind of grew the church. We grew a little bit during that four months, and I was like, you know, and he's like, hey, let's, let's rework your role. I was like, oh, I'm open for it because I love kids, but I'm ready to see you later, kids, right? And... Uh, I would never do that to a kid, just my own. No, I'm teasing. Um, and uh, he said, let's rework it. And I said, all right. And he's like, well, what about becoming the teaching pastor? And you take 50% of the messages, I'll take 50%. I said, deal. And I knew in that moment, that was that open door that God opened up. It says, Ryan, I know what I created you for. That's the opportunity. Start walking in it. There's doors in front of you to find your purpose. You just got to start walking through them. Here's the last point, and I'm done. Last point is this. Sometimes you find your purpose when you just literally have a God encounter. It's those moments where God just comes and you're, you know it, and you're like, this is it. We were introduced by a guy named Saul. We talk about him a lot. He, God changes his name to Paul, but his, he's Saul and he hates Christians. He persecutes them. He has papers in his hand to go to a city called Damascus to begin to imprison the Christians there. He's sick of this movement. And he goes there, and this is the story in Acts chapter 9. It says this, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly, everyone say suddenly. Because sometimes in your life, you have a suddenly moment when God just intervenes. A light, excuse me, a light from heaven flashed around him. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I would take a time out and say, anytime you see the double name Saul, Saul, God does something amazing. There are only seven biblical characters ever to get mentioned their name twice. So if you ever hear your name get called by God twice, if I ever hear, Ryan, Ryan, I'm going to go, ah! <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> because God does something radical when he calls names out twice. He says, why are you persecuting me? And Paul says, Saul says, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And God changes his name from Saul to Paul and Paul writes two-thirds of your New Testament and becomes the greatest missionary in the first century ancient world. Because he has a moment there with God, a God encounter. And sometimes you'll have those moments where you just surrender and say, God, I'm yours. I was at a coffee shop meeting with an individual 
This individual was sitting across from me at the coffee shop, not a believer, uh, actually considered themselves a very strong atheist, uh, which I love having those conversations. They're really fun. And they're shaking. And they've been coming to Radiant Life here and there, which they, don't, they didn't understand because they're like, I'm an atheist. I don't believe this thing. In fact, the individual shared with me, they purposely live their life almost like Saul that people won't believe in God. And this individual begins tears running down their face. And I'm, I'm starting to smile. Like, and this individual goes, why are you smiling? Are you sick? Because tears are running and I'm like, I'm joyful. And I go, I, I may be sick. I asked my wife, I don't know. But in this moment, I know what this is. The Holy Spirit's grabbing a hold of your heart right now, and I know it. More tears, and it's like, I don't like it, though. And I told the individual, you're on, imagine you're on the top of a high platform dive. You are literally like this, getting ready to fall into the grace of God, and that scares you. I said, don't miss church on Sunday. I'm inviting you to Radiant Life. Please come. This individual sat third row back and got saved that Sunday. It's awesome. But that was a God encounter for that one individual. And he does it for you. As I close, I want to tell you something. You have to understand this deep down. No matter what the world has told you, no matter what friends have told you, no matter what your family has told you, no matter who has told you anything about maybe you're a mistake or whatever, you have to know that God created me on purpose for a purpose. Man, and when you start living that out, whew, the difference you will make because you know why on earth am I here. And when you begin to live into your purpose and discover your purpose, your problem seems smaller when your purpose is bigger. I can take it on. You know why? Because I know my purpose, and guess who's bigger than all of that? My creator. Bring it on. So this morning, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that you will discover your purpose, that you will wake up every single day saying, I was made for this. So let me pray. Father, Sometimes we just let the world and just voices outcompete your voice and your spirit in our lives. And I pray for every individual in this room. I pray for any individual that will hear this message online. I pray that we would live into the purpose that you created each and every one of us. God, help us not to believe the lies that maybe we've been hearing, that we're not good enough, that we're a failure. God, you have a purpose for us. May we discover that. May we live into that. So each and every day we wake up, yes, maybe with trials, yes, maybe with pain, yes, maybe with a storm that we're in the midst of, but we can say, I was made for this. Help us to live into our calling. And help us to chase after the things that truly matter, the things that matter for eternity. And God, use us, even in our broken state, 
change our family, to change our neighborhoods, our workplaces, and our schools, and that we would change this community for you, Jesus. And we pray this all in the matchless name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Real quick, turn to your neighbor again and say, you were made for more. All right. Hey, right before I leave exit stage right, um, hey, you guys saw some different things this morning, right? You actually saw some steel beams outside, and we saw all of a sudden, wow, beautiful concrete, <laughs> right? Carpet's ripped out. Stuff's happening now, and that's awesome. Uh, we have a Come Alive update for you, a little video to share with you of what's happening, and uh, I want to share this in two weeks. I believe it's two weeks, so, you know, construction timeline kind of always just a little shifty-shifty or whatever. We think in two weeks we're going to open up that door that's the construction wall there and allow you to have access into our, our new space there. And what we're going to ask is we're going to have Sharpie markers all over the place, and we're going to have you, if you would, before and after service, just to go out there, uh, explore the space, and uh, write prayers on, on all the beams and on the floor. And I will even allow you right on this floor, it all gets carpeted anyways, right on this floor. And we wanna be praying over this project. So far, just to give you an update of what you guys have sacrificially given to this project, is just shy of a million dollars that we've brought in as a church family. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> And so things are starting to move and groove. In the, in the next like two, three weeks, you're gonna see the, the last of the pillars come up. You're gonna see what they call the decking, which is the, the, the kind of the roof there. Begin, you're gonna really see stuff to uh, take place and it's gonna be really exciting. But how cool would it be in two weeks that we cover that stuff in Sharpie marker prayer and scripture? And who knows, maybe one of those workers, our subcontractors will see that and have one of those God encounters and they get saved because of your prayer. How awesome, right?